San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. I'm ready to talk some 49ers football and obviously I have to go through, you know, the little things pre-show already. So if you haven't already, make sure you listen to and follow or whatever it is, subscribe, all that good stuff to the Locked On 49ers show, Locked On NFL Draft show. Obviously, I'm a co-host on both of those shows, so make sure you guys tune in to the Locked On Network stuff. Uh, I'm ready to talk some football, baby. I just watched, I just watched the Jaguars against the Colts. I got some takeaways. I got some takeaways. And now on, on top of that, I watched the uh, Patriots last night, right? And everybody, you know, everybody talks about Mac Jones. And obviously, I'm like, I, I've seen Mac Jones, like, I, obviously, I, I I really watched his film in college, so I was like, okay, like I, I know who Mac Jones is, I liked him, all that good stuff. I I've tuned in here and there and seen him throughout this year. And I'm like, okay, I can see why. Okay, but then I watched him last night, and I'm like, okay. Then I watched Trevor Lawrence this morning, and I'm like, okay. All right, so we're gonna get into all that uh, again. Make sure if you haven't already, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Okay, hold on. I need to I need to change the way I said this because somebody somebody DM me. I don't know if it was you that DM me. Somebody somebody DM me and said that I'm saying the word wrong. So I keep saying Jaguar, but it's Jaguar. How, how do you say it? Because I'm saying it wrong. Somebody DM me and told me. <laughs> yeah, Croc show with a man last night. Hey man, if you guys didn't tune in, man, my guy, a man in the dream. I was on his YouTube channel, man. Uh, great kid. He asked me who my top five favorite all-time cornerbacks were. And that's something, obviously, like the top five cornerbacks of all time. That's really subjective. But um, my favorite, Deion Sanders, he's at the top. And then my next guys, I couldn't really put them in, like, a specific order. But my list goes off of guys that, like, impacted my life one way or another. You know, obviously, I played the defensive back position. So these were guys that, like, I, I love these guys. I loved watching them. Uh, maybe I watched some of their film to, to steal some of their stuff. So it was Dion. He was number one. When I was a kid on the playground, like I'm high stepping, I'm doing all that. I used to wear the neck, neck, uh, the headband around my neck. Like I thought I was Dion Sanders. So he's been the most influential and impactful of my life. Like Dion Sanders, my guy Abel's right here. I got a picture. I got a high school football picture from our sophomore year. With me, my guy Abel right here, and I got a purple headband around my neck. I got a purple headband around my neck. So our high school is purple. So uh, shout out to my dog Abel in the chat this morning. But uh, yeah, I thought I was Dion when I was a kid, man. So Dion, hands down, the most influential like impact on me. And then the other guys, Champ Bailey, Charles Woodson. I had on my on my door as a child. Again, 49er fan, but I had a poster of Charles Woodson and the Raiders. And that was the door. Like when you open the door to go into my room and me and my brother, we shared a room, uh, me and my big brother, we shared a room. But, uh, when you open our door, we had a poster of Charles Woodson on our door. My brother's a diehard Cowboy fan. I'm a diehard Niner fan, but that was how much we love watching Charles Woodson. 
So you have, uh, so these are my guys. You got Dion, number one for sure. Then you got Woodson, you got Champ Bailey. And then as I, as I got older, these are guys that I just, I either loved watching them or I tried to take something from them. And that was Darrell Revis and had probably one of the best uh, years for a cornerback ever with what he did in one year, putting him on the island. And I saw the film. He literally, he was on an island. He was on an island. Uh, but uh, I had, had uh, yeah, Revis. Antonio Camardi, because I was a taller, longer corner, right? I know you guys can't really tell how tall I am on here, but, you know, 6'1", six, 6'1 one, six, one and a half. I could be listed at 6'2", like, you know, so taller, longer corner. All right, so I watched a lot of Antonio Camardi, YouTubes, all that. It just so happened that I ended up being able to pl- uh, be on the same team as Camardi and Revis, and that was pretty cool. But um, uh, Camardi and then Richard Sherman, just with how he approached the game, uh, the tenacity, the trash talking, like his tackling ability, uh, the ball hawking skills. Like, I, I love that about him. Now, obviously, he cost the 49ers two Super Bowls, whether it was him getting beat in the Super Bowl or him knocking the ball away in the 49ers not being able to go to the Super Bowl. But Richard Sherman, just from a like the way he approached the game, the way he played the game, loved it. So those are my top six. And again, those are guys that were impactful on me. I know there are other guys that are really good. Dill Green. Uh, Rob Woodson, but a lot of those dudes like were kind of older as I was coming up, and I didn't pay maybe a, as much attention to those guys. So I respect their game and what they did. Mel Blunt, way back, uh, I, I never watched a game of him live, so I respect those guys. But I just never really watched those guys like literally. Like I'm watching them, I'm studying, like I'm I'm trying to be like them. Like I didn't, they didn't have that type of impact on me. So I, you know, somebody's in here like, man, what about this guy? What about that guy? Like. Yeah, nah, nah. But anyways, my guy said, damn, bro, 6 a.m. Man, where you been, man? We're here live every morning, five days a week, 6.30 a.m. Pacific, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, five days a week. And you might be the only one. Now I want to say you're the only one. I don't know that. But we usually have up to, you know, 250 to 350 live viewers in here. So uh, it's early, but there's a lot of people commuting. A lot of people getting up, getting ready, and they like to hear this talk. So, uh, yeah, man, you late, bruh, bruh. <laughs> yeah. Good morning, everybody. I hope everybody's feeling good. Obviously, I'm in good spirits. Got my 1-9 beanie on. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my dog, Vince Carter, Elevate 209 You know what I'm saying? We out there. You know I'm always going to represent. Love my dog, Vince, VC. All right. But uh, y'all ready to get into this? So, you already know. You, y'all know how this works, all right? I'm going to go through. I watched the Jaguars. I got some takeaways from that whole thing. And then uh, I'm going to get into some things just, you know, with the matchup and everything. And then, uh, you know, get into, obviously, the callers. Get you guys on live. Get y'all, you know, whatever it is that y'all want to talk about. We're going to do that. All right? Like my dog Eddie said, shout out to my dog Eddie. He's in here every morning. Says, yo, yeah, hit that like, people. 28, damn. That's right, man. Let's go. Let's go. This got to be the biggest show of the week, baby. This got to be the biggest show of the week. Let's go. I got fans on the East Coast. All right. So let's get into it. I I, I got to take real quick. Okay. Hold on, Trice. So hold on. See, I was about to get him to my take, and then I saw this. Where's it at? Trice. This can't be a trap game. Like, the 49ers aren't good enough to – the 49ers aren't good enough to have, a like, a trap game. 
with the Jaguars, right? Like the 49ers have to prove that they can win two games in a row. So <laughs> definitely not a trap game for the 49ers. Now the 49ers are sitting at, you know, seven and two or something like that, seven, whatever. Then I'd be like, oh, okay, you know, you got Jaguars coming up. But right now, 49ers got to prove some stuff, baby. They got to prove that they can win multiple games in a row uh, in dominating fashion. And they, and they haven't done that yet. And we're going to get into that. All right, but first I want to talk about these quarterbacks. Because the rookie quarterback thing has been a really hot topic. And, you know, we see highlights. We see things. We know what some guys are doing. I'm looking at, you know, the New England Patriots being led by Mac Jones. And they're on a five-game winning streak, I believe. I mean, they're they're in a playoff spot. I think the fifth seed right now. Like, Patriots are cooking. And I'm watching them last night. And, again, I really like Mac Jones. For those of you who don't know, I actually started the whole uh, air that hoe out thing with Mac Jones. So let me, let me, let me pull it up. Y'all know I got it. Mac Jones. Here, there. Oh, out. All right. So, boom, got it. So this was way back in, because everybody thinks that people just be hating on Mac Jones. Not, not, not hating on him. All right. So this was way back in maybe October. And all this ties into what I'm seeing from, uh, from the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, but here we go. Read read this tweet. For anybody that thinks that I just don't like Mac Jones or I don't think he's a good quarterback, and these things are consistent. I actually have a whole thread on him really talking about his pocket awareness, his footwork in the pocket, his ability to make some throws, some of the things I had concerns about. But overall, I, I like Mac Jones. I like Mac Jones. All right, so early, but my guess is that Mac Jones from Alabama is the most Kyle Shanahan quarterback. Again, this is from October 12, 2020, so well before the draft pro uh, process. Uh, he's tough, not very mobile, runs offense efficiently, not a huge arm, but will air that hole out. So that's where that whole thing came from, air that hole out. Everybody, like, they loved it. All right, gets the ball out of his hands now. Thought he was a you know quick decision maker, great processor. Uh, haven't seen him really create outside the structure of the play call. These are things I know people are saying this later, but this was, again, this is October 12th. 2020 from Stockton, California. She was, I hadn't even moved to Arkansas yet. All right, so this is this is a while ago. All right, now, I saw what I had to say. I'm watching the Patriots last night, and, and I got a takeaway. Mac Jones, more times than not, when he drops back, he's pretty comfortable, and he's really comfortable with what he says. Again, this all ties in to what I'm seeing from the Jaguars, and we're going to get into the Jaguars. But I want to talk about these rookie quarterbacks a little bit. I watch, I watch uh, Mac Jones, and and I'm looking, and some of the things that I thought of him uh, pre-draft, I noticed last night. I think he does a terrific job of understanding everything and getting the ball out right now, right? He, you know, got guys open, boom, you know. And I will say early on, he was extremely efficient. I think maybe he threw like one incomplete pass or two incomplete passes in the first half. He had guys open, and I thought he had clear, defined reads, all right? So what I mean by that is when he drops back and whatever he's thinking, like, okay, I know I got to get my ball to this guy right here for a five-yard game, boom, five yards, boom, seven yards. He might have a guy. He had John New Smith early on. It was a, it, I don't even think he had any air yards. It was like a, a, a throw at the line of scrimmage on a little quick little out route. John New Smith broke a tackle, picked up 17 yards. I thought he was really good with – with really knowing where 
the five-yard hit was. Boom, 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 boom. He's dealing. I thought he had really clean, defined reads. I thought the offensive line protected extremely well. And, and I thought Mac Jones looked good. I did not think that Mac Jones had to be – he didn't have to play above any type of bad circumstances. I think if you're a quarterback, these this was the most ideal situation to be in as a quarterback. With what I saw yesterday, with what I saw yesterday, um, he wasn't consistently under pressure, even though he got sacked a few times. But on a, the typical drop back, I mean, it was boom, 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 guys – open like just the spacing was great he didn't really have to make the tight window throws and I think that really allowed him to be really comfortable so when he did have to make somewhat of a tight window throw I thought he he did well with that right uh so those were things that I I saw with him I always talk about time clocks when it comes to quarterbacks and really cornerbacks as well and your clock can get really sped up and you start to kind of play this uh sort of like hero ball all right now Mac Jones, I, I thought it was good, but I just thought I'm watching it, and I'm like, if you are a solid quarterback, you should be good in that offense with what, with what it was and what they asked of him at least last night. That was my first time really just sitting and watching the entire New England Patriots game with him. I did watch the Cowboys one, but, like, the entire game, sitting down watching, I was like, okay, he does these things well. I, I see it, and, okay, like, that's that's good. My pushback, not on him. Just with the way these rookies are being graded, the level of difficulty in which what he was asked to do was not high. So, again, when we have to keep these things into perspective, because I just watched Jacksonville. I wasn't sure what to expect. This is my first time watching them. And the, the circumstances are not even close. The circumstances are not close. And, and, and what I mean by that, but you, when you watch the Jaguars, like just, just go back, watch the Patriots, watch that game last night, and then just sit and watch the Jaguars. It's it's night and day between what the quarterback is asked to do, right? And what I mean, and what I mean by that is, like Trevor Lawrence, when he drops back, he's in trouble, damn near every time. Like these these circumstances, they're not created equal. And again, this is me. I'm I'm talking right now because I'm I'm I just saw it. Like I just saw it, and I'm just like, whoa! This is night and day from what I saw last night with a guy who was dropping back, comfortable, nice protection, clear, defined reads, guys wide open, hit the five yard pass, hit the six yard pass, good protection. Like I watched that. Then I watched the Jaguars, free runners left and right. Trevor Lawrence having to run for his life, having to try to throw down the field. Everything is a tight window throw. I mean, it was like, I mean, I felt bad. I felt bad for, for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I didn't watch the all-22 game uh, film, so I can't tell you if Trevor was running because maybe he wasn't getting the ball out his hands as quick. Were the, were, the, were the concepts designed for him to be able to do that? I'm not sure. But the first thing that jumped out to me, I mean, and it was immediate, Trevor Lawrence is in trouble. Trevor Lawrence is in trouble. And this thing, it was consistent throughout this game. Now, it's just one game I watched the Jaguars. Got to go back, watch some of the games. But every time I've seen even highlight like some things of Trevor Lawrence, a lot of it, he's in trouble. Now, one thing I did notice with Trevor Lawrence, all right, 
and I'm starting with Trevor Lawrence, he is extremely talented. That is clear. That is clear. I watched him drop back, you know what I'm saying, back against the goal line. He dropped back, huh, threw the ball 30 yards down the field on the left sideline, dropped it in right over the DB to the uh, running back Agnew, and I'm going to talk about Agnew, dropped it in right into his hands, uh, and the DB uh, punched it out. But it was just like, wow, like the, the, the level of difficulty in which everything has to be so perfect. Everything has to be so perfect with what he's asked to do. It's, it's night and day with what I saw from the Patriots offense last night. So I think we've been comparing these quarterbacks and some of their early level of success. And I don't, I don't think it's fair. And that was something that really jumped out immediately. I just watched the Patriots last night, full game. I just watched the Jaguars this morning. And I'm like, you can't compare guys. Don't, don't compare these quarterbacks in these situations. I have also heard people talk about Zach Wilson and, and it's somewhat of the same right now with Zach. A lot of what I'm hearing from the page, uh, the, the Jets fans is he has to learn to get the ball out of his hands right now. So maybe the, you know, everything is clear and defiant reads and stuff like that. I'd say the 49ers offense. I think well, what I saw from the Patriots and, and then the 49ers offense, the 49ers offense has, okay, here's the difference between what I saw Patriots, Mac Jones and 49ers with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. The Patriots offense, I think the spacing is much better and the, and there's clear and defined reads to get the ball out now and get the five, six yard plays. And all right, we're good with that. That's not how the 49ers offense is. The 49ers offense is predicated on like this really good timing and the, the windows aren't big. How many times do you see, when you see 49ers uh, throw the ball, the windows aren't necessarily typically big. Sometimes things will be schemed open and the guy will be open, but everything is more downfield. Unless it's a timing route, like a slant right now. And if you get it and you hit it right there, you'll have a decent game. But the offenses, the way they're called and what these quarterbacks are asked to do, even 49ers offense and Patriots offense, completely different. I think the 49ers offense is more like they're kind of looking for a little bit more chunk plays. That's what I'm guessing. Okay, I'm not this offense is a minded guru person or anything like that. But everything with the 49ers offense is it looks like to set it up for catch and run opportunities and hit big uh chunk plays over the middle on deep crossers and things like that. Right. Uh that's why I see for Fortnite. Even the, the Patriots offense, it's different. It's different. It's like five yard stop, hook up in this in this open area, throw the ball to him and he gets seven yards. And then like I mean I felt like all game they were never behind the sticks. It was just like window throw, boom, five yards, take that, catch, run the ball with this running back, Stevenson, who's doing really good. Run the ball with Harris, four-yard pass, boom, three-yard pass, boom, five-yard end, boom. And it was just like, it's, it's, I know people say dink and dunk, but it was really, it was really just kind of wild to me to watch that offense, watch the Jaguars, know what the 49ers are, and just see just a totally different circumstance. So the 49ers offense with Jimmy Garoppolo, everybody said Jimmy Garoppolo is like a dink and dunk. Jimmy doesn't, or check down, Jimmy doesn't really check down. Jimmy's not really checking down. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing, uh, it's it's like timing routes that are set up to get him catch and run opportunities, right? So everybody thinks it's check down because he's not throwing the ball down the field, but it's like, you got to hit the window, right? So you got to be really accurate in the 49ers offense. I think that 
I think that Mac Jones is accurate. I don't think that Mac Jones has to be very accurate because a lot of times when he's throwing to a guy, there's really not a lot of guys around him. It's just like, we're going to throw, we're going to take what we get. Boom. You just have to hit this guy right here in this area. And a lot of things are wide open. That was just kind of some of the things that I noticed. So um, I see 8.2 yards of throw. Now, here's the thing with yards per throw. And again, we're going to get into the 49ers against the Jaguars. Here's the things with yards per throw. All right. Uh, if, if, if Debo Samuel catches a five-yard slant and takes it 60 yards, or if Debo Samuel catches a, what was it, a screen on third and 20 and takes it 83 yards, that factors into the yards per throw. So I think air yards is a little bit more indicative of if a guy's kind of pushing the ball down the field a little bit. And even then, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is top 10 in that, which probably would be surprising for a lot of people. All right, but anyways, let's get to this game. I appreciate everybody. Oh, I had a contribution. Um, if our 49ers lose the Jags, do we see Lance next? Uh, no. Unless Kyle Shanahan panics or overreacts, I want to say no. Uh, a, a few weeks ago, Kyle Shanahan said that he didn't think Jimmy Garoppolo was one game away or one bad game away from being benched. And I think that holds true even now. I don't think that I don't think Jimmy's one bad game away from being benched. So he's had he's strung together three straight really good games. I think last game he was he had like the highest QBR, which QBR factors in like everything is different than passer rating. And this QBR for last game was really high. It was like 96 something, and that's graded out of a hundred. So you get 90 some QBR, like you're playing high level football. So I don't think Jimmy is one game away from being benched. And as well, you know, the 49ers are still kind of in the playoff hunt. So it would be a bad loss. That's for sure. It will, will be it, it will be a bad loss. Uh, we are not seeing a trade until we are mathematically out of the playoff race. And I don't think the 49ers will be mathematically out of the playoff race until maybe week 18, the last week of the season. All right, let's get into what I saw from the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, and how we're going to kind of prepare for this. So the first thing I noticed with the Jaguars and the Colts, aside from Trevor Lawrence running for his life, gosh, um, 49ers have to get the run game going because that was the first thing that the Colts did. They established a run game. I mean, and it was like gaping holes. Now, we could say maybe because they have Jonathan Taylor. He's a really good running back. He ran for over 100 yards. He's been terrific this season. And all of those things are true, but I think the 49ers obviously have a really good run game and something that they want to continue to establish. Last week, the 49ers were able to run the ball 44 times. I didn't think they had a whole lot of success in the sense of yards per carry, but they just said, you know what, regardless of that, we're going to just run the rock. I think that they will have more success running. Now, will they be able to run the ball 44 times? Like, that's a crazy number. All right, I don't know about that. But 30 times, I can see the 49ers being like, all right, we're going to run the ball 30 times and have even more yards and a better yard per carry average than they did a week ago against the Rams. There were gaping holes everywhere. I thought there were a lot of uh, areas that the 49ers will be able to take advantage of on the ground. The Bills just lost to the Jaguars. I think the Bills put up six points. I think a big part of that is I would assume that the Bills have no run game. That's been the biggest problem with the Buffalo Bills, right? No run game. And I'm going to tell you why that's an issue. When you when you get in situations with Jaguars, just from what I noticed, 
if you get into like this drop back throwing game, I thought they were good against, I thought they were good. The pass rush was good. Now, not saying that they got there every play, but Josh Allen is a problem. The run, the, the, the defensive end for the Jaguars, he's a problem. And they will get pressure on you as a quarterback. So you don't want to get in situations where you have to throw. You really want to run the ball to really set up the throw, maybe slow down that pass rush. You don't want to get into just this drop back passing game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was what I noticed early on. You want to run the ball and, and let that run game win you the game. I thought you could overpower them. I thought they were like just gaping lanes. When you look at Elijah Mitchell and what he is, I think there's clear areas of where he's going to be able to break off and rip off some big runs. I see that a lot. Um, I think that's what the 49ers, if they're going to win this game, which we hope the 49ers do, they're going to have to run the ball. Now, again, I think everybody would agree that last week after the game against the, or Monday night against the LA Rams, everybody say, hey, 49ers, that's their identity. Their identity is running the ball. You know, that's how the 49ers are going to win. They got their swagger back. I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but I would say that everything in that game was went great for the 49ers and was ideal. I don't know if the 49ers can play that football every week, right? To where you get two takeaways on the on the opposing team's first two drives. 49ers ain't got takeaways all year. They take away the ball the least amount in the NFL. They haven't gotten takeaways, but they get two in the first two drives. And what does that do? Makes it to where, okay, and one of them was a pick six. So they're up 14-0. What does that do when you're up 14-0? We can run the ball, run the ball. Run the ball. We don't have to play with any high-level sense of urgency, right? Okay, third and short, boom. Okay, there we go, Jimmy. Third and short, boom. There we go, Jimmy. Run the ball. Run the ball. Kill clock. Kill clock. Kill clock. Ideally, of course, any team would want to do that every week. I don't think that that's going to be the case. The 49ers played better than they played all year. That was their most complete game. We've seen drastic, a drastic difference between how they play from week to week. More times than not, the 49ers have shown us to be a team that is a little bit more turnover prone. They shoot themselves in the foot a lot. They make a lot of mistakes throughout games. So I would assume that what we saw against the Rams was more of an anomaly uh, or, you know, as opposed to this is who the 49ers are. This is the brand. I don't think that's who the 49ers are. And if they are, we'll see. They're going to have to show us again. But they did some things in that game that they have not done all year. One, uh, they did not turn the ball over. 49ers have turned the ball over at an alarming rate. They're 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 minus in in the turnover. They they turn the ball over. Two, they they took the ball away. They don't do that, but they did that game. They took the ball away twice. Hasn't been something they've done all year. Three, they were great on third down. They've been one of the worst teams on third down. They've been one of the worst teams on third down, and they and they and they were great on third down that game. We're talking about three things that the 49ers have not been all year, and now they're gonna be that. For the rest of the season, I just I'm cautiously optimistic, right? Now I hope they did. I think ideally Kyle Shanahan he wants to run the ball anyway. So get the run game going with the Jaguars because I do feel like if you start to lean on the passing game with them, I think their pass rush can kind of even if it doesn't like uh you know lead to a bunch of sacks, the pressure and everything closing in on Jimmy consistently, that could be something that kind of rattles him a little bit. Your honest opinion, do you think Kyle would have ran the ball in the Super Bowl versus Kansas City like he did versus the Rams? Uh, we would have beaten Kansas City. Yeah, you know, it was tough. You know, and I think sometimes, th this is the thing, man, this is the thing. 
sometimes when you run when you run the rock, I mean not when you run the rock. Sometimes coordinators, especially Kyle Shanahan, I noticed with him, he doesn't want to deviate from what his plan is or what things say he should do. So when you load the box like that, it's telling him from a number standpoint, we should be throwing the ball, right? We don't have the run, we don't have the run lanes, the, everything's clogged up, they got everybody at the line. The numbers dictate that we run the uh, throw the ball right here. So what Kansas City did was, all right, we're going to force you to throw the ball. We're going to take away the run. We're going to bring everybody up. We're going to take away the run. And we're going to force you to throw the ball. And we're going to force you to make your quarterback win the game. And that was what they did. That was what they did. So it's hard to say. Now, you watch the game against the Rams. What do you do? I, I, I even said it like, damn, I'm pretty sure Elijah Mitchell wants to stop running into 14 guys at the line of scrimmage on the defensive side of the ball. He's just running into a brick wall every time, right? But they did it. They said, forget it. Like, we don't care what the numbers are. We're just going to do it. So if he would have did that, I think that would have maybe led to a, a victory for the 49ers. But Kyle sometimes it's so like, scheme, 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 scheme. What does the numbers say? What does the numbers say? And the numbers told him, against this front, you should throw the ball. So he threw the ball. You know? I've always gotten on Kyle about like, like, bro, you don't want to make life easier on yourself? Like, how come the 49ers don't run any quick outs? Why don't the 49ers run any you know, just quick stops. Why does everything have to be so scheme dependent and schemed up? And I get it. It's schemed up to the point where if you hit it, it's big chunk plays. And that's the genius in Kyle. But I think sometimes he overthinks it a little bit. Like, Kyle, how can you don't just attack this cornerback? Look, this cornerback sucks. Everybody's been eating on this corner all year. But Kyle's like, no, 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 no. My scheme, my scheme, my scheme. So we'll see. We'll see. Appreciate that. Appreciate the contribution. Tired of the negativity. <laughs> my guy, my guy, Jason, me and Jason FaceTime last night. Yeah, that's my dog right there. All right. Um, here we go. Here we go. So I was talking about the 49ers and kind of how they want to win. And again, they're going to have to run the ball because it was that's a glaring weakness in the Jaguars defense. I feel like now I haven't looked at the numbers. I'm just watching the game. I'm just like run lanes are there left and right being able to break off gashing, gaping runs, all right? So you definitely want to do that. All right, now, uh, you don't want to get caught up in this situation where you want to make, you know, turn Jimmy Garoppolo into a drop-back passer. I think ideally that's just not who Jimmy is, but also that's not what Kyle wants. That's not what Kyle thinks is going to be a successful way for his team to win. Excuse me. Uh, Josh Allen active. I talked about him, how active he is in the passing game, like against the pass. I thought Josh Allen was excuse me, very disruptive while uh, getting back there. Uh, he's somebody that's going to flash. They're going to send him on blitzes. They're going to uh, do different, uh, what are called, stunts with him and things like that. Josh Allen is active. You don't want him to take over the game. And I think that's what he did against Buffalo. I didn't watch the Buffalo game. I saw some highlights, though, um, as I was watching it and what he was doing. And he had, like, a sack strip. He had an interception. He had, like, a fumble recovery. Like, he was going crazy against Buffalo. So you definitely want to try to limit him. The best way to limit him, run the ball. Don't put your quarterback in a situation where he has to drop back and throw. All right. And my last note for the 49ers offense, again, 49ers, get the run game going. Because that pass rush for Jacksonville, it's pretty solid. Like, and again, I don't think it led to a bunch of sacks, but just the pressure that the quarterback was consistently under. That was something that it, it was, it was, you could see it. All right. Now let's let talk about the Jaguars offense. I'm, I know I'm saying Jaguars wrong. Jaguars. 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 How, how do I say it, man? Y'all let me know. 
All right. Um, they got three running backs. All right. I think we all know they got Carlos Hyde. And it was interesting seeing Carlos Hyde be the first running back. You know, he got the start. He got the first carry. I was like, okay, hard. Robinson must be out. Uh, no, Robinson was playing. And Robinson was a thousand yard rusher last year. All right. So that was Dra Jaguar. Is it really Jaguar? Jaguar. Jaguar. Am I saying that right? It's not be land. <laughs> Jaguar. <laughs> uh Jaguar. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just gonna call him the Jags. <laughs> I'm gonna call him the Jags. But um, they got three running backs. All right, you got Carlos Hyde. I thought he was gonna be, you know, I thought he was like a spellback or something like that. They got Robinson. Robinson was a thousand yard runner and he runs well. He runs well. He's a thousand yard uh rusher just uh, a year ago. And then they have the X factor. They got the X factor. This guy, Agnew, who claims to be the fastest player on the Jacksonville football team. I ain't going to say Jaguar, whatever. Jackson, he's the fastest Jacksonville Jag, all right, Agnew. And when you watch how they utilize him, I saw them give him the rock on jet sweep, all right, and just, I mean, he's flying. I saw them just hand the rock to him. He got out of there on a, I mean, there was a long run, 60, 70-yard touchdown run. He's fast, and he will outrun your defense. Uh, the other thing I saw with Agnew, they will utilize him in the passing game. I saw, I talked about that throw that, that Trevor Lawrence, man. I mean, let me see if I can show y'all. It was early in the game. Hold on. I'm going to share this with y'all. Hopefully, I don't get the uh, thing taken down. I'm going to try to just show that one clip. All right. So, let me find it. One second, y'all. But, I mean, it was a beautiful throw by Trevor Lawrence down the left sideline. I was like, ooh, that was a good one. But didn't matter. It was incomplete. And it just shows you kind of the level of, like, how good – where is it at? How good uh, Trevor Lawrence has to be. Let's see. Is it right here? No, not here. But, yeah, they, they will – Man, it's so hard. Just watch. Then it, then it, then it, then the, the Jags got a pump blocked. I mean, it's just, gosh, it just looks so difficult. Everything. Oh, here we go. All right, I'm gonna share this screen. Hopefully, they don't. Um, I'm. We just gonna. Uh oh. We just gonna run this one play. All right, so hopefully they don't hit me for the uh, copyright infringement stuff. All right, we're going to share the screen. This is Agnew. And also, I want to show you just the level of difficulty it is, like, for Trevor Lawrence. All right, but here we go. Sharing the screen. All right, watch this throw. Are you guys able to see it good? Pushed back by Al-Qadim Muhammad and Bobby O'Karake. Now, this is Agnew. I think this is the guy. I think he's the X Factor. Lawrence looking to throw. It's probably going to be the next one. Good morning, Mama. See my mom in here. There is a flag down. So Zaire I see my mom in here. But yeah, so we're going to see right now after this play, they were backed up. We're going to see Trevor Lawrence. They just make everything so difficult for themselves. Holding offense. Turn the commentary on. Okay. Penalty has been declined. Results of the play creates third down. There we go. This should be the play right here. 
So, I mean, he has to drop back. Look, get it out. Look at this throw. Oh, man. That was a great play. Great play by the DB. But that just kind of shows you, you know, Agnew, I feel like they're going to try to use him in a bunch of different ways. And he is someone who you definitely don't want to let have that big play. I saw them throw the ball downfield to him. I saw them use him on jet sweep. Obviously, like I said, he had the big run. Agnew, I think he's the X factor for the team. Now, another thing they did, they they used uh Chenault like Debo. They put they put Chenault in the in the backfield and just handed the ball off to him like he was a running back. So he definitely is a guy who um Chenault, they're gonna try to figure him out. So I talked about three running backs that they have, Carlos Hyde, Robinson, Agnew, Agnew, Agnew being the, the X factor. All right. And he's the speedy guy and he's the game breaker. And he broke off a big run. And maybe I'll maybe I'll go to the big run that he had. But he broke off a big run. So you got to be worried about that with him. But uh yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't want to let him go. And then and then Chenault. They're gonna look to, to potentially get the ball into Chenault's hands any any way possible. Obviously, like you know, Chenault, he he's a guy who is more like a Debo Samuel type guy. And they're gonna, you know, try to figure out ways to get the ball in his hand any way possible. All right, here we go. Let's share the screen again one more time. Here is Agnew. All right, so you got shotgun to the right. Now just watch the speed. Gone. And when you're that fast, you just make it look really easy. You make it look really easy. So I'm, you know, again, that's the that's the X factor right there. That's the X factor right there. So yeah, Agnew Grain Big Speed. But yeah, I mean, obviously, this game for the 49ers is a very winnable game. It is the 49ers that should win if they are who we think they are. Now, again, I just don't know who the 49ers are. And maybe you guys can take me. So y'all already know. You know what I'm saying? Putting the link in the chat. Y'all come on. Anything that you guys want to talk about from this game. I talked about the Jaguars because, excuse me, the Jags. I talked about the Jags because, you know, that's the team that you guys don't know about. We all know about the 49ers. But anything that you guys feel is worthy of talking about in this matchup, feel free to come on. Good morning to my mama. All right. So there's the chat. I expect to see y'all pumping in here. Here we go. Got my dog Dion on first. All right, let's go. Let's go. Here we go. So the floor is y'all's for the rest of this time being. Appreciate everybody that's been in here, everybody that's in the chat. If you enjoy the show, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Saw some people saying that this is their favorite 49ers show. I love that. I love that. Appreciate y'all, man. You know, I'm just here. I wanted to make this like a radio show. This isn't supposed to be something that's like super formal or anything like that. Like, obviously, I'll come on here with some topics, but... I just want to come on here and just talk football with y'all. Like, man, let's just talk about the 49ers. Let's just talk about it. And and uh, that's what this platform is for. So basically a radio show. That's what this is. I should, I should change the name. 49ers Morning Radio Show. That's what this should be. This game is where Fred can turn the season around, I think. I think the defense uh, will win this game for the Niners. It's the Jaguar. 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 All right. I'm going to get that right. I'm going to get that right. Hey, hopefully he does. Hopefully he does. Uh, our guy, Fred, you know, gets really going, locked in, really going for some uh, takeaways. But here we go. We got my dog, Dion, man. What's good with you, bro? 
What's good with you, Croc? How you doing this morning, brother? I'm doing good, man. What what do you what do you think when you think of the 49ers against the Jags? What comes to your mind as like just that key to victory? The key to victory is starting. You got to stop the stop their de- you got to stop their defense more. So honestly, on offense, it's uh, uh, Agnew and probably Chenault. Those are the big guys. They do have Marvin Jones Jr., but he hasn't been a factor. And the reason that I state that is because I have him on fantasy. He ain't been doing much of nothing all year long. Marvin should have went ahead and stayed hanging out with Matthew Stafford if he <laughs> really wanted some numbers. Um, but <clears throat> we'll say that uh, – give me a sec, man. They out here doing um, – early in the morning. They always got to do that. But uh, basically it's a situation, man, where – for us, we do. We get the run game going. I think that's the key. You get the run game going. You beat the Jags up. Keep them on the field for a long time. Wear that defense down. And the key is you got to figure out how to stop Josh Allen. You got to be mindful of Miles Jack. You know what I'm saying? Um, they got the dude, I believe his name is Caleb on Chason. And he hasn't done much of anything all year. I think that was yeah, like the LSU, first round pick. From LSU. Yeah, yeah. He ain't been doing much of anything all year. But the key is for them, for us, <clears throat> run the ball. Make sure we do the same thing we did last week. Run the ball to set up the pass. I don't say we can run it 44 times, but if we can, it'd be great. Um, you know what I'm saying? And just kind of minimize any mistakes. The other thing, when you flip to the other side of the ball, making sure that kid Agnew don't get behind you because that, that young man got some burners. Because that play you just showed, that was, I saw that. Like I saw that on like the the highlight show, uh, uh, game day final. Ooh, Jesus, he put the burners on. So you gotta be real mindful of dudes like that because they get behind you, you ain't catching. You know, unless you got speed for speed match, you, you're not gonna catch dudes like that. Um, and then to be like that, that's that's probably where it starts and where it stops is Agnew Chenault. You know, because I don't see other playmakers really that do a lot for them. I gotta dig a little deeper into the game. Um, and dig a little deeper into the numbers to kind of see, you know, how we can beat that defense. But once again, this is not a defense that you you scoff at because they held the Bills, which is a very high-powered offense, only to, to six points, man. They did they, they defense boiled out. So, you know, it's it's, it's definitely uh, – that was a defensive struggle for both, both sides of the ball. I don't want that. I want us to be able to get in there and play. Um, kid you not, just, just – just, uh, hoping and praying I played them on Madden twice first time I beat them 45 to 7 the second time I beat them 31 to 11 so I mean you know it, it worked out I put it on like six minutes because if you put on 15 minutes the score is going to be astronomical in Madden you know how that works but those are the real keys to the to, to the to the offense for the defense man it, it's just playing sound football being smart you know you know doing your job running your assignments and uh, continuing to keep the chemistry going. I like the fact that every – it's funny because everybody says, well, you know, man, that was a statement game. That that was the best game. I think, honestly, that was Jimmy Ward doing what he was supposed to do. Jimmy Ward came in there and said, look, everybody get out. Time for us to talk. We tired of y'all. Whatever y'all are saying ain't getting through to these people, we need to talk. And whether there was or was not yelling or screaming – Either way, people started to be held accountable, and I think Jimmy Ward is that leader because Fred is a quiet dude. He don't really – he doesn't lead by example like that. You know what I'm saying? 
and Jimmy Ward said it in the beginning in his first press conference, if I got to be asshole, I got to be asshole. So, you know, it, it's definitely a great thing. I think that that's that's what we needed. We needed Jimmy back to be able to, you know, kind of uh, proverbially grab people by the helmet and say, you know, get it together. We got to get out here, get these duds. We can't keep losing like this, you know. And, yeah, everybody asking for Trey, man, most likely we don't see him this season. Uh, unless we just go on a serious losing streak, which none of us want, you're not going to see them. I think they're going to hold them out. They may, if by some some uh, reason we sneak into the playoffs, they may throw in some packages for them just to be able to throw the defense off because you know the run game is way more dynamic with Trey Lance in there because you don't know who's got the ball now. If you got Jimmy in there, Jimmy ain't holding him. He ain't pulling the ball and running no damn way. That is not his thing. Yeah, so, that was actually one of my uh, notes I have on here. Wentz held the edge. I don't know if y'all going to be able to see it, but hold on. Yeah, yeah hold on. I see Back it. A little bit. It's uh, right there. See, yeah, Wentz, Wentz held, the held edge. Yeah, so um, what I meant by that was I saw some runs where, you know, with, with Jonathan Taylor, where Wentz was in shotgun, and, you know, obviously, like, when he goes to get, you know, hand the ball off, the edge mm-hmm. can't crash down because – they're worried about Wentz keeping it and, and going around the corner. So uh, that yeah. helped, you know, you know, hold d- defenders on the backside of the run game so that they couldn't just crash down and make tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah, and that that's the whole point of it. Like when they were when they ran like that that whole game, I'm thinking to myself, man, if you mix Trey in on those runs, you would scare that defense, you know, uh, in ways you couldn't imagine. But it worked. We won. Got to take, you know, take the W's where you can get them. This next game, um, we should get in there and we should win. Uh, there shouldn't be a reason why we don't. I see us at least beating them. You know, I see us at least giving them a, a, a good little good little 28 to twenty-eight to 10 or 28 to 7 type beat down. We should be able to hold that offense down. Um, like I said, outside of uh, probably Agnew getting behind us, anybody else we can catch. I think our safeties are pretty solid. And – Curious to see whether they, if Tart is healthy and if Greenlaw is healthy, whether they rotate them in slowly or whether they just give these dudes back their spots. Because Al Shair been balling, so you can't necessarily move him off that spot with, you know, with Fred. And Hufunga ain't, you know, he ain't look bad. So, you know, even Kyle said, man, you know, you got to earn your spot back. But that's still, I honestly think that's up to D'Amico more, more often than not. I think he's really going to tell him whether he's going to be able to do it. I think with Tart working back in and Greenlaw, you just you get put them on a pitch count because they, you know, you still got to remember you got to your body got to get in football shape. You can't just walk out there and you know back on the field and everything clicks. It's nah, you you got to build up. I've even heard people say football callus, like you know your body take it builds up a callus over the years because you you know you start getting hit at that time and things like that. But appreciate you having me on, Croc, but. Those are the keys to the game, man. You know, X Factor is going to be the running game. And hopefully they don't run Mitchell too much. Please, Kyle, get, give Trey Sermon a, a, a couple <laughs> touches, man. Hook the boy up. He ain't done nothing wrong, man. Yeah. All right, Dion. Appreciate you coming on, bro. Right. Appreciate you, Cron. Have a good one. All right. Here we go. So, uh, y'all already know who's next. My guy, Ricky Williams, a.k.a. Ryan, man. What's good, Ryan? What's up, man? Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? 
Good morning. Good morning. What 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 would you say the key to victory is for the 49ers? Maybe like one main thing that you're looking for. Main thing, um I'll say this. Um stretching the field, not only going vertical but horizontal. Yeah. Um I think that defense for the Jaguar, they need to be thinned out a lot, you know what I'm saying? If they understand where their assignments are, I think they can cause trouble. Um, the defense can really pick up on certain things and they can be more reactive, you know what I mean, and just go off instinct. Um, that would be my first thing because I watched a couple of Jaguar games just to look at Lance. I mean, not Lance, but um, Lawrence. Lawrence. He loves the tight end. They even traded for one around like week three to get the tight end to help him out. But we know Jimmy can shut that down. But he doesn't mind going to him. He'll take that 18 yard out route or throughout the seam. He'll dump it there real fast. And also, they do use their running back Robinson very well. You know what I mean? He's a little thick yeah. guy. And when you hit him, he just don't fall forward. I mean, fall down. He falls forward. Like he keeps trucking them legs. So to make sure they stay sound in tackling, group tackling, run the ball. And I think we should be all right, though. Don't turn the ball over. And really just try to establish their dominance on the offensive side. And I think the Jaguars will become throw happy and we should win the game that way. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. I think the biggest thing is, you know, with the 49ers, it's you know, who who are they, right? Like what team is gonna show up? I think uh for majority of this season so far, right? Still kind of early, you know, barely past midway point in the season trying to figure out who the 49ers are. You know, what is the identity of this team? I think a lot of people feel like 49ers got back to their identity in the last game. My thing is, will that be consistent? Because for the most part, that's not really what we've seen them to be throughout this year. A team that didn't, you know, commit, uh, you know, penalties that really hurt them. They didn't turn the ball away over. They got takeaways. It's like, man, that hasn't been them. So I'm really curious to see if the 49ers can continue to be that. And I think if they can, I think that will lead to them being able to run the ball more, control the game, and do those type of things. And I think that'll really help. T.O.P. That's our, That should be our goal. T.O.P. Time of possession. Um, yeah. I think whenever we have that time of possession, it time of possession for me as a Niner fan means identity. It means um, in the trenches we are – making the other team be into our will. Time of possession. That means we have consistent running game and we're moving the ball on third downs. Throughout any time of 20, you know, whenever we're winning the game or being productive, time of possession, and just really getting good yards per average, man. And I think that's what's going to be the key to our game. And I think that would make that defense tire out because, you know, the how Kyle utilized um, different routes and stuff of that nature to tire out the um, secondary but then also it leaves those gapping lanes open for the running backs to hit it. And I'm with Dion. Can we get Trey? I mean, can we have a sermon? Can we come together and pray and get a sermon at least five to seven carries so we can <laughs> see the man? <laughs> right. But yeah, man, that's yeah, all. Man, that's all, Brody. Yeah, yeah. All right, Ryan, appreciate you coming on. Yes, sir. That's my guy, Ricky Williams, AKA Ryan. Here we go. Got a contribution here. Uh, the coach ran the ball really well against the Jaguars. Uh, can we turn our play action into Teddy's, aka touchdowns? Uh, Trent Williams versus Josh Allen. So, if I'm if I'm the Jags, I keep moving Josh Allen around. Um, I'm not just gonna line 
Josh Allen up against Trent Williams every play, no. Best tackle in the league, and it's not close. So what am I going to do? I'm going to move him over. Who's the 49ers' right tackle? You know, is it going to be more? Is it going to be Compton? You know, I think that's their best chance. Also, kind of mix them in with some stunts uh, to get them rushing off the inside. Maybe use his speed against a guy like Brunskill. If I'm the J- Jags, <laughs> that's what I do. I don't look to just make it a one-on-one battle between Josh Allen and Trent Williams. Williams is just too good, and he's really just killing Guy Spears. He's been doing this little thing. I've never seen anybody else do it. Uh, my guy from DSF San Francisco, uh, my guy Graham, I've been watching him do it, uh, show it, where, like, Trent Williams is doing this thing where he just kind of, like, like pulls the guy down. It's like he just, like, it's, it's crazy. He just, and then the guy just falls down. Have y'all, <laughs> have y'all seen it? What he's doing, what Trent Williams is doing? I've never seen anybody else do this before. The guy will rush at him, and he just, Boom, boom. And then the guy just like bent over it, and then he just like pushes him down. <laughs> One of the craziest things I've seen, especially coming from my offensive line. So I don't even know if that's like good technique. I don't know. It's not, it's not your standard, like what I've seen linemen get taught, where it's just like kick step, kick step, punch, you know, long arm, you know, like all that stuff. It ain't that. It's just and then the guy, and the next thing you know, the guy's on the ground. <laughs> Damn, here we go. Uh oh, damn. I'm messing up my my mic over here. All right, but anyways, uh, yeah, 49ers, uh, the coach ran the ball really well. 49ers are going to have to establish it. Now, can the 49ers turn the play action into Teddy's? Here's the thing. The 49ers have been a team that want to establish the run and have the pass game work off the run, right? Now, there are some teams you would think, like, ain't that what most teams want? But, like, there are some teams like Kansas City, they don't give a damn about the run game. Like, they want to throw. They're not even running to set up to throw. They're just – They'll run a little bit to kind of keep you honest, just a little bit, but they want to throw the ball. Uh, the 49ers, they definitely really want to run to set up the pass, right? To, you know, make things look the same, make things look the same. Psych, big play action, hit a, hit a crosser, big chunk play. Like, that's what ideally the 49ers want to do. Uh, I'd say last game, the 49ers ran the ball to run the ball. I don't even know if there was a play action, like a, like a legit, like outside zone stretch. Boom, psych, big play action. Throw like I don't even know if there was that last game. It was crazy. 49ers really ran the ball just to run the ball. So um, I don't know if that's something that'd be consistent. Is that their new identity? I have seen something like Jimmy Garoppolo's been in shotgun like 90% of his snaps over the last few weeks. That's a new wrinkle uh that the 49ers have done. They haven't really had him on the center. And maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is just somebody who's more comfortable playing from shotgun. And the results would I think they'd agree with that, which shouldn't be too surprising because that's kind of what he was at uh, New England, right? Like, that's what he's coming from, uh, uh organization that, you know, is primarily in shotgun, not a whole lot of under, under center type stuff. How does that mess up what Kyle Shanahan wants to do? I'd say this. It shows that Kyle Shanahan can adapt to what he feels like his quarterback does well. So um, big ups to Kyle for making that adjustment, and it seems like he's been working for Jimmy Garoppolo. Here we go, my guy Darius. What's good, Darius? Hey, 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 top of the morning, top of the morning, Niner family. Top of the oh, morning, man. yes, sir. Uh, yeah, man, so I feel like number one thing they got to do is just execute. That's it. We've seen them execute perfectly against the Rams. 
I do feel that was a little bit of a unicorn game as far as, you know, we had a Rams coming in that was they, they, they was missing one of their receivers uh, in Woods. You know, Odell Beckham, he kind of slowed up their game because they like to go no no huddle and all that, and they had to huddle up for, for Odell. And then some players, they couldn't even audible out because Odell don't know what's going on. But besides that, you know, it was five for five on third down conversions. Ran the ball excellent. Defense, no pass interferences. And so I feel like that's the key. If, if the Niners want to win, it's just about playing clean, clean games. You know, like when we lost to Green Bay, it, we wasn't playing clean game. When we lost to Seattle, that wasn't clean. Even when we lost to uh, Arizona, we went to Arizona and, and, and Trey had us in it. But the penalties and all that, pass interferences, that, that, those, those, those are, uh, they really suck you in the stomach. For lack of better words, you know what I'm saying? Knocks the air out of you. So I feel like if our boys can get out there and just just execute, because they got it. Uh, I was watching the Mic'd Up episode with Trent Williams. And um, I love seeing that kind of stuff. Cause I like to see, like, the chemistry that they have and, and how they interact. And, and I can see the real genuine love. Like, these dudes really, they're really in it. You know what I'm saying? Like they're losing, but it's not like it's not a team that's out there just like whatever. You know what I mean? Just give me my check. Like, you know, I'm done with this. Like they're really fighting out there. And uh, I watched the interview with, with Daniel Brunskill and he was talking about, you know, Trent, Lincoln and, and Alex. Those are the leaders. And they go to Mike's house and and they get together and they watch film and then and they practice at Mike's house. I mean, it's like. It took me back to the high school days. You feel me? Shout out Delta Kings. You know what I'm saying? Amos Alonzo, uh, Alonzo Stag. You feel me? Yeah, 209. You know about that. Yeah, man. You know what I'm talking about? But uh, what year were you at days, Stag? We used to practice. I was there from 2001 to 2004. Okay, so you was there with my brother Donald Salter. What, DJ? That's my boy. You crazy? Come yeah, on, that's man. My, he, that's my boy, my man. Best my best friend, like my shoes, shoes. I mean, we was on FaceTime last night. For right. See how Curtis long, Phillips and all them. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Donald. Yeah, so, that's my uh, brother right there. He done been out here kicking it with me out here in the South. Yeah. We was talking right? about planning a little, uh, I'll be out there for Christmas, but we was talking about uh, doing like a little Christmas, little uh, getaway at a cabin or something. But yeah. But anyways, go ahead. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, so, so Donald was there too. So we get together on the weekend, you know what I'm saying? We get our pads and. We put the practice in, put the work in, and, and so that's the kind of feeling that I got from them. Like, man, these dudes, you know, like win, lose, or draw, like they they they're they're not giving up on us, and I'm not gonna give up on them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he was talking about how Jalen and and Tom Compton is getting better. I found it kind of interesting, though. He didn't say nothing about Banks, no mention of Banks. So it's like that was kind of like damn, you feel me? But other than that, though, it's like I see a team that's go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, other than that, I'll, I'll see a team that's 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 really that's really uh they down for one another, man. Like I was like like I said on the Trent when he was mic'd up, they was talking about you know I love you, I love you, woo woo, and it's just like damn, bro. Like our boys are really out there trying to play, man. And um, I feel like we can get past these next two games. I really do in my heart feel like we could beat Seattle, and um, the test will come when we see Tennessee. But I honestly feel like 
Jags, Vikings, and Seattle. Those are winnable games. Like we are, we should, we should come out of that if we play a clean game and just don't do nothing, you know, to 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 to, to shake the momentum, man. Because that's really what's been doing it. And you know, I, I'm still going to advocate for Josh Norman. I know he's been messing up. He's he's the main one that begin the PIs and all that. But if they could just hold that down, because last game was was straight, man. Last game was straight, and we need that every game. We need those kind of those executions every. We just need it. Um. So yeah, that's 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 what's my take on it for the victory, man. And I think I, I think you you you're on to it, man. I think it. I think most people would say, too, if the 49ers can play like how they played last game, then they'll win. Like, not just this game. I mean, they'll win a bunch of games, right? Like, it was mistake-free. They took the ball away. Uh, they executed. They got the run game going. Uh, I saw some right. people in the comments, like, boring football, good football, like, whatever. Like, that worked for them. Like, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Like, okay, third down, yeah. you know, com convert at a high level. My pushback is the 49ers just haven't been there. So, we're going to see if they can do it. If they can do it two weeks in a row, I don't care. I don't even care if it's against the Jags. If they if they do it, okay, let's go. Let's go. Now go exactly. play Vikings. Okay, we need some more of that. And if we can continue to do that, then, you know, a lot of people are counting this team out as a being a playoff team. But they, they'd be – if they play that type of football, you know, why why right. can't they be? That was the vision that Kyle had when he was talking all that Super Bowl run stuff. That, that, that I seen it. That night I said, okay, yeah. I understand what Kyle's talking about. I see what Kyle sees in them. You know what I'm saying? So all that, you know, the doghouse crap, like whatever, whatever. But I understand a little bit now. Okay, like Kyle's seen something in them, and he just wanted to provoke it out of him. Maybe his 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 means to the end could have been different. Like you know, he could have went about it a different way. But I understand it now. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like the Niners really can. They they can't make a they can make a real run if they play like that. Yeah. They can make a real run. And before I got out of here, I want to address that cat, Roscoe, because he got on here talking greasy yesterday. Yes, I do refer to myself as a GM because I'm buying these tickets. I'm buying this merchandise. I feel like I'm paying these people's taxes. So I'm going to include myself <laughs> in the boardroom decisions. I know they don't care about what I got to say, <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway. All right. They're going to hear the you worst. Though, uh... Yeah, exactly. Ain't nothing worse than when fans come for each other, man. Hey, man, check this out, man. You can't take this stuff personal. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, they're going to do what they want to do, but we can always voice our opinions for sure. And and don't hurt me. Don't 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 hate me for, for me stating mine, man. Because I yeah. feel like, uh, you know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know, I am the GM. I am running things in my head. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, um, me too, yeah. man. For sure, man. But thank you, man. Y'all have a good day. You hey, know, go Niners, quick, man. We're gonna blow them out. Yeah. Real quick, did you did you play football for Stag your senior year? Yes, sir. I was a uh, number thirty four. I was I was the starting running back. Me okay, yeah, I and had um, I had two interceptions against y'all. Listen, we was trash, bro. If hey, listen, if it wasn't Franklin, you know what I'm saying. Usually, I was hurt for practice, man. I ain't practicing this week. I just come to the game, you know. But if it wasn't Franklin or uh, who else was easy? It was Franklin and uh, 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 uh Tracy West. You could yeah. beat them, but uh, Toke was hard. Yeah, we, Lincoln, you already know yeah, Lincoln we, gave, gave out headaches. Yeah, especially that year with Billy Smith and them. 
Yeah, yeah, I had two. Boy, I had the, two. The Hawkins, I, he was the truth. Oh, yeah, was, <laughs> yeah, I had two interceptions against y'all. Uh, we played on SJTV that game, so uh, right, yeah. But all right, man, I appreciate you coming on, Darius. For sure, man. For sure, man. Likewise. All right. Peace. All right. You know, I said, uh, Dale Croc, you a villain for that. Nah, man. Y'all had two interceptions. So, um, yeah, we played his high school. I think that was like week four, I want to say. My memory's getting kind of shot, but uh, I, I only know that because I only played a couple more games. Then I was I was suspended. I was I was ineligible <laughs> for the rest of that year. But that that against his high school stag against him, uh, I did have two interceptions on TV. So that was pretty cool. One of them I got up, dusted my shoulders off. Tell you, I really thought I was Deion Sanders, man. Appreciate everybody that's coming to the chat, man. Uh, we talked about the game. We talked about everything that's kind of can go into the 49ers being able to get a victory here again. I think if they can continue to play like what they did against the Rams, 49ers can beat anybody. They didn't, they didn't shoot themselves in the foot. They didn't turn the ball over. They, they took the ball away and they were great on third downs. They ran the ball. Well, if they continue to do that, 49ers can beat anybody in the NFL. My issue, I don't even want to say my issue. My question is, can they keep being that? Can they keep being that team that executes at a high level, that doesn't shoot themselves in the foot? Um, it's better on third downs. They've been one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, it's better with taking the ball away, one of the worst in the league. Uh, turnover ratio, one of the worst in the league. Penalties, one of, you know, it's just on and on, all these different things that lead up to a team being bad. The 49ers have kind of been that. Uh, and the one time they weren't, it was against the Rams. So can the 49ers continue to be that i'm i'm cautiously optimistic i'm cautiously optimistic got my guy uh chris roscoe's he's in here he laughed <laughs> uh caleb was a bad qb you got two two like two lucky picks <laughs> yeah caleb madura right wasn't that his name madera madera something like that yeah chris in here Yeah, man. Hopefully, 49ers, I think that's that's the winning recipe. And I think most people will agree with that. But can they but but can they keep doing that? Can they keep doing that? That's gonna be that's gonna be a tough thing. But man, you know, we're gonna cut it short today, man. I appreciate everybody's in here. If you like this show, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. I think we're prepared. I think the 49ers are prepared. I think the fans are prepared. You gotta uh my time, it's a noon kickoff uh against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern. All right, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Pacific. 1 1 p.m. Eastern. I'm ready for the game, y'all. If you like this show, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Underdog Fantasy. We're gonna be in this Underdog Fantasy promo code Crocky. Got a new uh sponsor of the show coming up soon. I'll be adding that to the, you know all the little stuff that we got going on. Put together a little pitch and all that. But uh, I pre appreciate everybody, man. Y'all y'all make my mornings go by. I have a good time. My wife's in there, you know, she's ready to, you know, talk it up with me and everything like that. Spend some time with the wife. Got some other stuff I got to knock out, Lion Sports, all the stuff I got to do with them. Uh, got a new, a new, I don't want to say podcast, but if you are into betting, uh, me and Lions were teaming up. They got this new app. It's called the Caller app. So download the Caller app and, you know, I'll tweet it out or whatever. You guys can subscribe to our little channel, but we'll be talking about betting. Uh, whether it's you know over unders on games, under over um, player props, things like that. So tune in to all that, man. You know, y'all know I got a lot going on. I just figure this stuff out, man. If y'all, what we need to do a show on is, y'all let me know, man. I don't know how many of y'all in here 
Oh, my guy Eddie lost lost out on uh, underdog fantasy. Missed that underdog fantasy by two Hunter Henry catches. That's a tough one. If y'all don't, we show what underdog fantasy is, man. And I don't know. What are the 49ers? Let's see if they got the 49ers players props up yet. Let's go. Hold on. I didn't plan on doing this, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see if they got the 49ers. Uh, just I want to see what it looks like. I just want to see what it looks like. So. Let's see what they're talking about. Uh, they don't have too much up right now. They just have, and I'll share my screen. I just saw Jimmy Garoppolo, and so just so y'all can see how underdog fantasy works. Again, if you are interested in underdog fantasy, you guys can see it right here. If you are interested in it, again, it's promo code Crocky. All right, so go to underdog fantasy right here. Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to throw for 251 yards? So he's going to throw, he's going to do over or under 251 and a half yards. If you think he's going to throw for more than that, hit the over. If you guys think that the 49ers are going to come out and they're going to throw the ball, uh, run the ball a ton, and he's not going to throw the ball a whole lot, hit the under. Is George Kittle going to have over 63 and a half yards? I'm going to definitely hit the over on that. And then you look at Trevor Lawrence. He's going to throw the ball a lot. Lavishka Chenault, 34 and a half receiving yards. Here we go. I'm going to do it. I'm going I'm to go ahead and do it. Y'all tell me what I should do here. What should we play? All right, so we got Underdog Fantasy right here. Y'all let me know what, what I should play from this 49ers game. Jimmy, over or under? What we taking? All right, I'm going with y'all. So, man, y'all better be right so we can win me some money. Jimmy Garoppolo, over or under? What are we doing? Are we taking the, the over on, was it, uh, 253 and a half yards? Or 251 and a half yards. Are we taking the over or under on Jimmy Garoppolo? What y'all think? I'm looking in the chat. Y'all let me know. Under. I'm seeing under. Favorite food or snacks while watching the game. Oh, okay. I got to answer that. Under, under, under. All right. So everybody's saying under. All right. So boom. We're going to go with the under on Jimmy Garoppolo. All right. George Kittle. 63 and a half yards. Are we taking the over or under on that? George Kittle, 63 and a half yards. What are we doing, y'all? Over or under on George Kittle? 63 and a half yards, George Kittle. Are we taking the over or under? Over on Kittle. Okay, I got one over on Kittle. To answer your question, Chris, uh, I'm thinking um, I, I really like wings. I love eating wings. I'm actually, I might watch the 49ers game at Buffalo Wild Wings. So, so I can give me some wings and fries. Like, I like chill. Crazy thing is, I actually don't like to eat a whole lot, especially when the 49ers are good. They haven't really been good this year, so I can eat. But when the 49ers are good and the games really matter, like my nerves and stuff like that, it like, I like actually don't be hungry, which is crazy. I actually don't really be hungry during the games. I have to wait till like after the game or I have to eat before the game. I can't really eat during the game. I like just like too many nerves. So everybody's, you guys are thinking over with Kittle, most of y'all. All right, so we're gonna go, we're gonna go with the over. Here we go. Hold on. Over on Kittle. All right, here we go. Trevor Lawrence, 220 yards over or under? Over or under on Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence, what are we doing, y'all? Over under 250. 250 yards. What we doing? I mean, 220 yards, excuse me. 220 yards. 
Under under on Lawrence. Okay, I see under on Lawrence. Hey, as far as a, a game prediction, I just saw that uh, super chat. As far as a game prediction, I, I say 49ers win. I like them 31-17. I like 49ers 31-17. Might even go as far as to say 31-13. So I think the spread on the game is minus six and a half or my, around there. Take the 49ers and the points. So y'all going with the under. All right, he ain't getting off against us. Okay. I'm going with y'all. Y'all about to see what, what's about to happen. Again, if you want to get in on this action, y'all want to have fun like this, Underdog Fantasy, uh, download the app, promo code Crocky, that's C-R-O-C-K-Y. All right, promo code Crocky, C-R-O-C-K-Y. All right, y'all, Marvin Jones. We could do Marvin Jones. We could do Agnew and the receiving yards. Do y'all think Agnew's going to get, get off? LaVisca Chanel receiving 34 and a half yards. All right, so let's start with, let's go with Marvin Jones. 43 and a half yards for Marvin Jones. What are y'all thinking? 30, uh, 43 and a half yards for Marvin Jones. What are we thinking? I see Agnew over on receiving yards. Okay. It's a lot of receiving yards. Over on Jones. Okay, over, over. All right. We, I, I'm seeing the over on Jones. So we're going to go with the over on Jones. All right, and then we got uh, LaVisca Chenault, 34 and a half receiving yards. What are y'all thinking? Chenault, 34 and a half. We're taking the over, we're taking the under on Chenault. I'm thinking under. I'm thinking under on Chenault. But what do y'all think? It doesn't seem like somebody that they're just really consistently getting the ball to. Under. I got my guy. He's been tuned in. He has uh, my guy Ellis. How do you stream live uh, in the mornings? It's great. I appreciate it. Uh, tune in right here every morning, 6.30 a.m. Uh, Pacific, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. We're live every Monday through Friday. And sometimes I'll go live before games. Uh, I won't go live before this game because I'll be out of town. But every morning, 6.30 a.m., Pacific, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, right here on this channel. So make sure you subscribe. Hit the notification bell, and you'll get notified when we go live. My promo code is Crocky. So it's C-R-O-C-K-Y. All right, C-R-O-C-K-Y. Promo code Crocky. C-R-O-C-K-Y. I'll type it in the thing. Promo code Crocky. Here we go. Under on Chenault. I'm gonna go with the under on Chenault, y'all. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the under on Chenault. All right, here we go. And then we got Agnew. 32 and a half receiving yards. I I don't think he's gonna get off as a receiver. I'm thinking the under. I'm thinking the under on Agnew's receiving yards. What y'all think? I'm thinking the under. Over? Over? All right. So we're going to go with the over on Agnew. All right, let's do it. Over on Agnew. Oops. Boom. Oh, I, I reached my limit on how many guys I could do. Okay, so here's my, here's my ticket right here. We got the under on Jimmy Garoppolo's 250. 
We got the over on George Kittle, 63 and a half. The under on Trevor Lawrence is 220. The over on Marvin Jones, 43 and a half. And the under on Chenault. I'm going to put $5 on that. Ugh. The payout is $100. All right, $5 I put in. Payout's $100. Submit. Confirm. Boom. There we go. All right, so y'all did that with me. Appreciate it. Obviously, you could do that for every team. You could do it for basketball, uh, any sport that's in right now. Underdog Fantasy, download the app, promo code Crocky. All right. Everybody said the over on Agnew, man. They're saying the over, the over. Some people say Halo over. <laughs> I appreciate everybody that's in here, man. I appreciate it. But uh, that's going to be it, man. That's going to be it. Make sure if y'all haven't, he said, <laughs> my guy Eddie said, I need that 15% on that, honey. I got you. I got you, E. I appreciate everybody sitting here again. When we come in here, it's like a radio show. When we come in here, we chop it up. We talk. You know what I'm saying? We have a good time. Uh, I appreciate everybody that contributes to the show. I appreciate all the contributions. Appreciate my mama that's in here. Y'all say, uh, you know, good morning to, to, to my mama. And uh, what's the meaning of frontline of the names frontline sports? You know, Chris, that's a good question. Because... So we got some things coming out. I keep thinking I'm getting off, but I ain't getting off yet, man. We're finna chop it up a little bit. Uh, the meaning of frontline sports. So the definition of being frontline, and obviously you have frontline in war, right? Like the, the people that are out in front on war. And, and I think that has something to do with it as well, just being out in front of something. The other definition of being frontline is the most uh, influential, uh, the most influential like person in the movement or, you know, so like, uh, if you look at, let me pull up the actual definition, but it's like most influential person in the movement, frontline definition. So y'all can know what this frontline is about. All right, here we go. The, the most advanced responsible or visible uh, position in a field or activity. All right. Uh, obviously in, in, in military, you know, it's the people that are out at front, you know, in combat. And, w- and when I think about like what it is that I try to do from, you know, the standpoint of, you know, things that I do working with kids, uh, even on the media, like I want to be out front of everything. Like, man, we're going to get out front of this and, you know, we're going to stand on what it is that we're trying to do for positivity. So frontline, frontline sports media, I see the, uh, I'll put the, I'll put the promo code up here. Promo code Rocky. So, uh, even with this media stuff, man, I mean, like nobody, nobody taught me business, nobody. All right, so I'm learning it as I go. But as I'm learning, man, like I, don't, you know, it's, it can't just be about me. You know, what I'm saying I want to bring people with me. So, frontline sports media is going to actually be a media site. You know what I'm saying? Where we, uh, not so much a website, but just like, you know, from a platform of podcasting, streaming, stuff like that. And I want to get other people on here and, you know, we're going to do this and we, you know, we're going to make some money, man, but we're going to be people that have our, our voice and everybody's voice is going to be heard. So that's where frontline sports media is right now. Obviously it's just been really me. So, you know, it's more 49ers centric, but eventually, you know, I'm going to have people that cover different teams, uh, different sports, 
all that, all that stuff, man. So frontline sports media, this is, you guys are here during the beginning stages of it, but what it's turning into, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be something big, you know, right here. I got my, uh, you know, it is an LLC frontline sports media, LLC. You feel me? So I got, you know, all my paperwork in there. I'm, 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 I'm working through it, man. I'm setting everything up. Then I also have frontline sports performance. So I got frontline sports performance, got a gym being built right here outside of my house, 12,000 square foot sports performance facility. You know what I'm saying? So we're getting that going. Same thing. Get to impact the kids, the youth, uh, you know, be a, a sort of, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, somebody that they can look up to and kind of, you know, show them the way. So I am looking for a soccer guru, man. All that. You know, soccer. And, and you could talk about it. And you know how to speak about it. And you're comfortable doing that, man. Let's get this soccer podcast going. Somebody said, Croc, remove that tiny text on your uh, the logo. It looks tiny here, but you'll you'll be you you could see it on my actual like logo. If if I just showed you like the actual logo, you can see it really good. Mentor, that's what I'm trying to say, mom. That's the word I'm looking for, mama. Mentor. But yeah, that's what we're doing, man. Front frontline sports. That's what it is. You got frontline sports performance, frontline sports media. Got the clothes coming uh, next week. I'll have the I'll have the beanies. I'll have the hats. We're gonna have the flat bill hats. We're gonna have the. Uh, the flat bill, we got the dad hats and the beanies. That's coming next week. So it's actually done. I can show y'all pictures of it, actually. You know what I'm saying? So we got the beanies. Boom. Y'all see it right there. Uh, Frontline Sports. Got the uh, got the red logo. Boom. All right. And then we also got the hats. Boom. All right. So, yeah. Be on the lookout for that. That'll be here next week. You know what I'm saying? Get that all going. But yeah, appreciate everybody, man. Make sure y'all hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, all that good stuff. But uh, I got some work I got to get to. So I'm going to get out of here. I appreciate everybody. Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. Make sure y'all get that. All right, man, I'm out, man. Peace. Intercepted. It is picked off by Aaron Crocker. Over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Crop Talk TV Podcast. Podcast. Mm.